It was like a close of one chapter and the beginning of a new chapter. With that, I think I learned when I got to the NBA what being a professional is all about, right? You're listening to Hawk Talk, a podcast all about the origin stories of the most interesting people in the world. Today, you know our guests as famous athletes, authors, and entrepreneurs, but there's so much more to the story. Let's get into today's interview with your host, Eric Huberman. You're listening to Hawk Talk. Today, we'll be talking to Baron Davis. How you doing, man? What's happening, man? How's everything? Everything is good. How you doing? I'm good. I'm just excited that my fantasy football is starting back up. (laughs) (laughs) Same, man. It's like looking forward to Sunday even more now just to watch everything. Tell me about it, dude. Tell me about it. It's fun. It's fun. Are the Rams playing today, by the way? I know the Fires, they were questioning it. I'm not sure. They weren't sure. They were actually watching it. I'm not. I'm a Raiders fan, and my kids are Rams fans, so I need to do a better job of <laughs> converting over to this new Rams. I, I, I love the ownership group, though. Yeah, so want to start, you know, as we always do on this show, you know, obviously you became an NBA All-Star. A, you know, there's a list of accolades. You're an incredible entrepreneur. You did some of the earliest sort of equity endorsement deals, which we'll all get into, but when you were four years old, did you were you already dreaming of being a top athlete and an entrepreneur? Like, let's take it all the way back to young childhood, <laughs> where you're from, how this all got started. Born and raised in South Central Los Angeles. You know, I would say my grandfather built me a court for Christmas, a basketball court. And, you know, from that point, it was just more about being a part of, like, who he is, right? And, and how old were you when he did that? Four. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, he built a basketball court. I come over, I see this basketball court. And other than that, it was just, it was all she wrote, dude. I was on the court, you know, pretty much like 24 seven, like in the backyard. And for me, it was just, I wanted to do stuff to, you know, impress him. You know what I mean? Yep. He was just such a great person. And when I was young, you know, my grandparents took me and my sister in, you know, and just, you know, showed us away. You know, and I think just humility and being appreciative and the lessons that, you know, my grandparents taught me was just something that, you know, just always kind of stuck to me, you know? Yep. And so from four years old, did you, were you out there every day? Like, as you said, that's all she wrote, like it just never subsided or was, were there periods where like, did you know right away, this is what I want to do with my life. And you were like one of the few kids that as, cause every four-year-old says they're going to be either an athlete or an astronaut or something, the president, something. And you know, were you that kid that actually followed through with it or was it inconsistent along the way? Look, man, I, I tell you, there wasn't, my life was spent with basketball, you know, I think every single day, that, you know, my grandmother would have to call me, you know, to come inside, whether it was too late or I was at the school across the street playing basketball. It was just, you know, for me, it was it was crazy because that's all I did. That's all I can remember. Yeah. And that's all anybody else could remember, right, was like, hey, man, that's all you, I remember. You. That's all you did was like play basketball. You never did nothing else but play basketball. And so for me, it was just like everyday thing, right? I could use my imagination. I can disconnect from the world and I can try and be magic and Michael Jordan with nobody, you know, watching or judging. Yep. So that obviously progressed. And you went to Crossroads in Santa Monica, right? That's where you ended up in high school. So how did that transition happen? You know, getting out of South Central and going to high school there? 
Yeah, I had a, I got a scholarship called a Crossroads as a private school. And, you know, I think in seventh grade, I, I learned, you know, what the other side of town looks like, right? Coming from South Central Los Angeles, not a lot of resources, not a lot of opportunity to, you know, even go to the beach. And so being at Crossroads, it gave me an opportunity to see what people, you know, on this side of town look like, but also, you know, what success was like. Right. Mm -hmm. That's with some of my friends, parents, you know, going to their office after work. It helped me, you know, say like, well, you know, I can do this and I want to do this for for my family. Right. Mm -hmm. And it triggered a focus. Right. It triggered a focus in me that, you know, I had to take this opportunity at Crossroads to do all that I can. You know what I mean? As well as take the responsibility of building a bridge. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And so at what point did you actually feel like, do you remember a point where you realized this could be my profession, that I could actually stick with basketball and make a career out of this? Like, I'm sure you had the dream of it, but was there a point where it started to become real? I would say it became real when I met Magic Johnson. I got an opportunity to play at UCLA, which we do now, UCLA runs. When I was in high school and I got a chance to play one day with the pros in the summertime. And... You know, after the game, Magic came up to me and he was like, yo, you got a future. I want to see you go to UCLA. I didn't know you were in high school, but he, he just gave me a lot of like a lot of good, you know, juju. <laughs> Magic Johnson, yo. It was Magic Johnson. So it was just oh. like to hear that, you know what I mean? was like crazy. Are you still in touch with him? Obviously, you're both local. Yeah, you know, uh, stay in contact a lot. I mean, obviously, he's probably one of the most, one of the busiest human beings on the planet. <laughs> yeah, I try and catch, you know, I try and catch up to him when I can. But you know, I would say, as far as you know, a mentor, right? You know, he's really been someone that kind of led by example, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of times you just need those examples. Like he was my example for basketball. He's also, you know, my example for, for business. Yeah. No, I mean, most people don't know that Magic Johnson Enterprises is a multi-billion dollar fund now. And they're doing like healthcare and infrastructure, private equity deals all over the country. Like they're doing some crazy stuff. I don't know. You probably know Ryan Smith too, who works with them. Either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They do some impressive stuff. All right. So Go to UCLA, you just going to kind of not quick skip over, but I guess, yeah, actually, let's stop with how was that college experience? Like what, what changed for you then when you actually ended up playing college? Man, it was when I got to college, it was pretty much like I was there to write my own ticket. You know, I, I got hurt my freshman year at the end of my freshman year in the tournament and people didn't think that I would make it. But, you know, I, I just think UCLA just taught me a lot of hustle and determination. Yeah. Right. UCLA taught me how to never give up. Right. You know, yeah. when you're so close, if you just push a little, you know, if you push a little harder, you, you could get there. Was and that, uh, that you were coached by? And having the opportunity to play, you know, in L.A. in front of my friends and family was just probably the best thing for me. Right. Yeah. Because that also inspired kind of like the next generation basketball players that were from LA and saying like, yo, we can stay right here at UCLA and, you know, have an opportunity to go pro. Yep. Got it. And so tell me about that experience when you actually left UCLA, went to the NBA, like even when you were first drafted, like how was that whole feeling? Was that, did you feel like you had made it now? Like, tell me about that. Yeah, man. It was like, you know, feeling like everything I worked hard for, everything that I dreamed about, like dreams are, 
you know, possible. Dreams do come true. Uh, and it was like a, a close of one chapter and the beginning of a new chapter. And, you know, with that, I think I learned, you know, when I got to the NBA, what, you know, being a professional is all about, right? Basketball is now a job and that is your job and that, you know, and, and that's what you got to do, right? Yeah. And And then off the court, realize that we live a boring life outside of like the thing we love to do and that's hoop every day that's usually like three or four hours out of your day so what else are you doing you know what i mean to make sure that you know that that you're sharpening yourself or you keeping yourself busy you keeping your mind busy and so that's for me when i start to really start thinking about you know who do i want to be what are those hobbies i want to develop and what am i going to be life after basketball right yeah and so you, you've told me the story one-on-one, -on -one, but you started getting approached by endorsement deals, Sprite, et cetera, and you ended up doing something that was pretty unique with vitamin water. How early was that into your career in the NBA? That was, I think, year three into my career. Vitamin Water was, you know, a pretty small company. And, you know, they were looking to get into sports with athletes. And, you know, just so happened, I was able to get a marketing opportunity and turn that marketing opportunity into an investment opportunity. And really, at that time, it was the first of its kind, right? Yeah, you, um, you were a partner with them before 50 Cent, right? Because that's such a famous Yeah, mm -hmm. It was really just, you know, seeing an opportunity and being like, yo, man, my friends drink this. This makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? You know, I like it. I was like, yo, I like this. This could be good. Like, I, I'm sure I can help. I'm, I can help promote it. And I think all that stuff, you know, they love my enthusiasm and, you know, just kind of like was helping and learning you know, while I was still playing in the NBA. So I think that is, that was the best thing about it, you know? Yeah. That was the best thing about, you know, the vitamin water deal, kind of being your own agent, you know, just all of the things that you wouldn't think, right? Yep. But at the same time, you kind of know, like, it's okay because you can operate, you know, you can operate by yourself if you pay attention to who you want to be. Well, it almost you know? forced you to learn. And like, let's take a step back there because I think that's important to highlight. You did not get an agent to negotiate your MBA deals. You did it all yourself, right? Yeah, so I worked with my agent. I partnered with an agent. My first deal was with Arntella. My next couple of deals was with my own agency that I founded. And I just figured it'd be a incredible opportunity to, you know, kind of look at basketball different, look at the world different, right? Yep. And and so I guess what gave you the confidence to be able to do that yourself? Because I know, frankly, a lot of athletes would get screwed without an agent looking out for like the, you know, sort of crossing the T's, dotting the I's of a deal and what they're actually, what a normal deal looks like. So how did you do that for yourself? How did you educate yourself there? Just, you know, my first three years, I kind of interned at with Arn Talum. And so I used to look at contracts. and You interned at an agency while playing in the NBA? Yeah, while I was represented by that agency. Wow. Okay. And so <laughs> that I didn't produced. actually know that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So when it came to contracts and knowing who was getting what, who got paid what, you know, like I pretty much knew everyone's schedule. Yeah. Everyone's and schedule on the roster, but most importantly, what everybody, what kind of deals they had lined up. <laughs> and then what kind of, like, what was their contracts? So I was just sitting in the office and just ask questions about contracts at the contract 
You know what I mean? And I think for me, it was just a, it was an incredible opportunity, right? Because yeah. you're just sitting there and you're just like learning as you go, right? And, you know, who knew that, you know, a couple of years later, I would feel confident enough to be able to say, hey, I know, I know what the, the NBA contract is set, yeah. right? So now I know what my value is, you know, to the NBA. And I think that's when, you know, I start looking at it differently than just being a player, you know, what is my value? What is my value to the NBA? What is the NBA's value to my brand, right? Yep. That is like, for me, kind of like, you know, where I started to start to like learn and things start to just really like fall in the sink. And where do you think that you got that from? Because it's not a common thing for an athlete to do to actually, you know, go intern at an agency while they're playing in the NBA. Like you had this thought of a bigger picture and an entrepreneurial side. Like, did that come from your grandfather, from school, from where? Yeah, I think my grandparents, you know, it was just always about, you know, schoolwork and listening and learning. You know what I mean? Learn as much as you can. And for me, it's just really been a sponge, right? You know, I always say, you know, how can I help? Now is how can I help? The more information I know, the better I can assist and be of service. And so really, I'm, I'm, I just love information, right? New information and love learning. And I think that just that curiosity of, hey, if you say you're going to teach us, right, then I want to learn. Yep. I, and I've always seen like the nice thing about learning, frankly, is like, you build your knowledge base more and more and more, and you can always pull from that. Like if you're always committed to learning, you're always going to be ahead of the game because other people are not. And so it just, it fills you with more knowledge, more things to pull right. from as you're moving through life. You know, again, you, you learn from a young age to always be learning, which forced you to say, well, I've only, I'm only spending four hours a day playing basketball. I got more time to go learn something. I'm going to learn stuff that's relevant, set you up for success in a lot of ways. So how long were you in the NBA? What was your total career time? 13 years. 13 years. And during that time, I'd love to hear, what are some other things you did? I assume you didn't just stop after two years of interning at an agency. You ended up starting your own agency. What else did you do? Yeah, Paul? started my own agency, started a film company and a music company when the rapper, the game was coming out and he was signed to Dr. Dre. Then we started one of the first digital agencies. We were teaching NBA players and teams how to use Twitter. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so it was like all these Twitter classes that they had to go through. And, you know, for me, just kind of been a serial entrepreneur. I, I got into products and technology and, you know, was thinking about how does technology kind of, you know, service content and the type of content that we want to participate in, right? Yep. Or the type of content we want to watch. And so I think for, you know, now it's just, you know, learning and growing, learning and growing. And I've been fortunate to, you know, be a part of the Uproxx, be a part of the YouTube MCN Vertical, we sold one of our companies to Vice to start Vice Sports. So for me, it's really always focused on sports, sports marketing and content, right? Because, you know, I know what an athlete thinks, I know what an agent thinks, I know what a brand thinks. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I'm good at helping find the solution and what the creative solution is. And so, you know, life has been, you know, getting a lot better now that people are, you know, starting to look look at me and say, hey, you know, we want to pay for your time. You know, we want to pay for your services. We love what you're doing. And then they also say, how, how do you know all this stuff? And I'm like, I'm just listening and learning. <laughs> no, I mean, I've known you for a few years. I'm always running into you in the different startup sessions, VC meetings, Beyond Board, all these things that 
are just surrounded by smart people doing incredible things. So I'm curious, what was the decision that went into retiring like 13 years into the MBA? Why did you decide to end that chapter of your life and move on? What went into that decision? And uh, career ending injury. It was. Okay. That, yeah, that decision was made. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And so did you dive right in full force into entrepreneurship? Like, how did you, how did that go for you? I would say I was always an entrepreneur. I think it kind of like forced me to like supercharge the way I wanted to grow into it mm-hmm. because I felt like, you know, I, I still could have played another five or six years. No. And you still play in other leagues. You play in that three league, right? No. Oh, you don't? Okay. I, I played in the big three one year and I didn't quite enjoy it. And that's when I realized that, you know what, I'll just be a business person. <laughs> business person, it can be a lot of fun too. <laughs> and I can still play basketball in my leisure. Yeah. And so what have you built since? Like talk about this enterprise that you've built. We'd love to hear more about like you went from that to building a pretty amazing company. So Yeah, so we're building, you know, I like to say the first of its kind, you know, when you look at African American founded Media Tech Studio, for us, you know, our goal is to create data transparency for content creators and people of the culture. Never has there been a platform where the culture kind of owns itself. And so we want to provide, you know, not only the platform, but the, the platform for the content creators, but also the content, right, for the content creators. Right? And so when you're looking at, you know, a lot of these companies like a Patreon, right, you're looking at Cameo and, and companies like that, you know, we believe that there's enough space and there's a lot of naked space for sports. So we came up with slick sports lifestyle and culture. And the goal is to, you know, create a network and a platform where we say yes, right? We say yes to athletes, we say yes to musicians and create that studio effect where they feel like they have a trampoline, you know, to start them into Hollywood. Yep. Got it. And so the idea is to, as you just said, create a platform for people that would normally be turned down by the bigger studios and stuff to help create their content, help athletes create content aside from them just being on the court or on the field. That's awesome. And so what's your vision of this? Where do you want to see this in five, 10 years? Where are you trying to take this? I would say in five or 10 years, you know, when you open up your phone, you go to one app and that's slick. You want sports, you want lifestyle, you want culture, right? Being able to, you know, have that app where, you know, you don't have to have a thousand different folders, (laughs) you know? to like buy a shirt or watch an NFL game or get your fantasy football or yeah. order a drink. You know what I mean? Um, familiar, yeah. Yeah, I'd say the goal is to just be able to open the app and say, hey, everything that I want and need is in this mall, right? Yeah. You know, this virtual mall in your pocket. So that's kind of like the way we look at it. Awesome. And so last question for you, if someone's trying to, you know, pursue their dreams, young person, new entrepreneur, et cetera, what, what's your one piece of advice? What do you think is that one thing that they haven't heard? That's like that this is how you can be successful. Or how you can get there. Do it, do the research, just go for it. Don't quit. Be strategic, bet on yourself, right? Yep. Bet on yourself. But when you do make sure you align yourself with the right people who are also willing to bet on you, right? And so, you know, before you, when you bet on yourself, right, betting on yourself is putting yourself in a position for other people to bet on you and count on you. And so that's what I would say is like, don't rush, 
really think things through, right? Really strategize about what you want to do and look at what is the short-term gain versus the long-term value. What is the short-term value versus the long-term gain, right? And, and if you can work within those parameters, right, then you should pretty much come back with a great understanding of, you know, what or who you are and what you're trying to build. Yep. No, and stick with it. I think it's so important. It's, you know, be accountable. If people are going to bet on you, don't make them lose the bet, basically. Totally. So good bet. No. Well, thank you so much, Baron. Thank you for being on Hop Talk, and we'll talk soon. All right. Appreciate it. Have a good right. one. You too. Hawk Media is your outsourced CMO and marketing team. We'll dive into your business for free, identify opportunities in your marketing strategy, then get you teamed up with individual experts all month-to-month and a la carte. Whether you're looking for a Facebook advertiser, a web designer, or a fractional CMO, we can help you drive growth for your business. We've successfully grown over 2,500 brands, and we're here to help you too. No matter your goal, we've got you covered. To learn more, visit hawkmedia.com. That's hawk with an E, media.com. You've been listening to Hawk Talk. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars you think this podcast deserves. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.